Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Welcome to Beyond Surviving, the safe space for survivors of childhood sexual abuse to receive support, resources, and share their stories. Beyond Surviving is about freedom, healing, connection, and even laughter and fun. Most importantly, it's about letting go of the pain of abuse and finally moving on. I'm Rachel Grant. For those of you who don't yet know me, I've been a sexual abuse recovery coach since 2007 and am the author of Beyond Surviving, the final stage of recovery from sexual abuse. I work with survivors who are sick and tired of feeling broken and unfixable, and I help them let go of the pain of abuse and finally feel normal. You can learn more about me and the Beyond Surviving program at www.rachelgrantcoaching.com. In the second half of this two-part series, I continue to share my story of how I overcame sexual abuse and also am sharing with you some specific techniques for how you can tell your story in a safe way. Thank you so much, Rachel, for sharing that with us tonight. I'm sure that a lot of listeners are identifying with parts of her story or all of it. And I just had a follow-up question regarding, you said that your mom wasn't home. Do you, after working in this field for a number of years, at this point, what do you, how do you feel about prevention of child abuse? Do you think that there's anything that could have changed what happened? I don't know whether mm-hmm. that's communication about body and boundaries, but where do you stand on ways to prevent child abuse from happening. Right. Yeah, there's uh, there are so many great organizations out there doing so much great work on this topic. And for me, my personal thought on it is you definitely have to start by teaching children at a very young age that if anything happens to them, to their body, that they can talk, they can tell you. And um, 
it needs to be explicit. We can't tiptoe around it. You know, we have to be able to say, just as I need to be able to say very specifically, I was abused, and not hiccup and not be afraid of it, we need to be able to tell our children, look, if somebody touches you here, if somebody touches your vagina, if somebody tries to kiss you, if somebody shows you pictures that you don't like, somebody talks to you in a way that you don't like, you come and tell me, and if I don't listen, you go and tell another person. If that person doesn't listen, you go and tell another person. I think there's all those pieces that have to be in place. It has to be first education about what abuse is and what counts as abuse, empowerment to basically speak up and say what's going on, and to have the resilience and, and teaching resilience to be able to, even if you get turned down, even if somebody says, I don't believe you, to go on to the next person and go on to the next person and to know who those people would be. I completely agree with you. I think one of the problems is that we continue to give children the message that bad guys, you can tell who, who the bad guys are since you can in all the video games and all the TV and movie mm -hmm. programs. Kids yeah. always know who the bad guys are, and even young children know the story of, here, little girl, if you want some candy, but what they don't ever learn is that people that they know and people that they trust could also violate that. So it's a fine line right. between us not wanting to scare children and make them fear for their life every day at school and mm -hmm. in the neighborhood. So I'm not sure how we're going to work towards that, but I, I completely yeah. agree with you that parents developing communication around this would be a... Way, a good place to start. Yeah, absolutely. I, I nannied for a really long time, and I took care of uh, a young boy and a young girl. And when the little girl was, she was around three, I started having this conversation with her, you know, with the parents' permission, of course. But I would say to her, look, if this happens to you, if anyone, if your mom, if your dad, I named the people, like if your mom, your dad, your brother, your aunt, me, I said, if I ever touch you in a way that you don't like, you either tell me right away or you tell your mom. You know, giving just giving that total global playing field of, like, anybody's up for grabs and making it okay to say something, regardless of who it is, I think is really important. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, that, that's very good advice. It's extremely good advice. Um, and it's a good step in the right direction. Of course, it's, I wish it was just as simple as that. Oh, man, I know. There's so many things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I wish it was just that simple. Uh, but that's very good advice, and it will suffice for many, you know, in many instances. Mm -hmm. uh, did you ever attempt to tell anybody what happened, or were you so traumatized by no one coming uh, when you were only 10 years old, that you just decided then and there that nobody would have come and so you weren't going to say anything mm -hmm. anyway? I don't even know if I had it on a very conscious level. I think mostly I was unsure of what I would even say, right? right. Well, what, what do I even, how do I even describe what's happening? I don't even have the language to necessarily discuss what's going on. And I think for me, I, I really became very reclusive and just kind of fell into myself. And eventually what happened was uh, we were on the swing and my mom walked by the window and she looked out and saw what was happening. And, you know, she came tearing out onto the porch and, uh, you know, drug me inside. And that's an interesting moment as well because of her response, she was yelling at me, right? Rachel, get in the house. Come here right now. 
which is what you do to a child who's, like, done something wrong. Right, who's misbehaving. <laughs> you know? Right. And so that was another moment where one of my key false beliefs got triggered around it being my fault. Like, oh, she's yelling at me. She's not yelling at my grandfather. And it was only until years later, again, when I use these skills and these tools that I teach, that I looked at that from a very different perspective and thought, you know, man, she was scared out of her mind. She just right. wanted to get me away from him. She didn't know what to do either, you know. And so I was able to let go of that idea that it was my fault. Um, but they were great. You know, they got was him it, out of the was house Was it right her away. father or your father's father? It was her father. It was her father. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so, okay. you know, they got him. They moved him out of the house right away, and, and that was great. But, um it was only until many, many years later I had a con- I was in my 20s, I was having a conversation with my mom, and, and she thought, it turned out, that that was the only time it had ever happened. And that was actually, you know, months and months in to the abuse. So, I, you know, communication, and, and imagine that. I mean, imagine the two different lives we're leading, even as mother and daughter, where not that, you know, more abuse is better or, you know, counts more, because, you, you know, as little abuse as you have, it counts. Um, yeah, I always say there's no tra- there's no competition in trauma, um, but it's just uh, it's her perspective and my perspective were so very different. And so you know, being able to communicate with the people around you as well about your experience is important. And knowing how to talk to them about it, knowing how to give them information, is also another thing that I work around a lot with my clients. That was actually my next question because I've, I've heard a lot of my peers talk about how hard it is to bring topics like abuse up in conversation when they've experienced it, but also for supporters, in your case, like your mother, could you address both, both sides? How, how does either the survivor or the supporter bring this up? It doesn't come up in your everyday life, so can you explain mm-hmm. some of the tools that you teach your clients regarding this type of communication? Well, I think when it comes to a survivor who wants to share their story, who wants to talk about their story, um, there's a very particular model or method that I teach that involves not just telling the experience, and I've kind of been modeling it as I've been telling you all my story. I don't just say, oh, well, this, this was the moment and this was what happened. I actually go on to tell you what I came to believe or think and how I got past that, right? Mm-hmm. Because what we want to show to the people who are supporting us is our journey, the places where we're still stuck and the places where we're still hurting and maybe confused and struggling, but also how we actually move from the point of the experience to understanding the false belief or interpretation that we have as a result of it and how we moved past that so that they know how to relate to us, right? Because if you tell somebody, oh, I was – you know, sexually abused, and that's the end of your sentence. You know, that's a whole can of worms. They don't know, well, how much are you still dealing with? How much do you still struggle? What are your main fears or concerns? What are your difficulties? So being able to to structure telling your story in a way that's about being able to give very specific information that gives them a clear and total picture of your journey I think is a really and wonderful and powerful thing to be able to do. I like that you put the responsibility on the survivor because I think that too often people are disappointed when they're not asked 
or they're not supported in the way that they want, but if the responsibility, if you take it upon yourself to clearly tell someone what you're, what you need and what you're going through, I think you have a better chance of getting the support you're hoping for, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We can't, we can't, this is the thing, you know, with, with people, when we're abused, you know, people don't really all know how to support us. We can't make the assumption that they'll just give us the type of support that we need. It's very different from, you know, if we see somebody with a broken leg, you know, we know what to do. We shout like hell. We call the ambulance. We get over there. We blunt the leg or whatever. But with something like I've been, you know, emotionally and sexually abused, that's, you know, deer in the headlights for a lot of people. So, our part of our journey as moving from survivor to beyond survivor is that you are responsible. You take responsibility and you own your experience and you own the communication about it and set people up in your life so that they can support you and love you and care for you with as little confusion as possible by being very clear. And um, the, the second part of your question there about, you know, people who are on the, the support side, right, the people who are around us who are supposed, to, you know, to be supporting us, we want to, you know, set them up for success and tell them what we need, you know, and then also be willing to ask them, you know, what it's like for them and what are their fears and concerns because they have them. They're there, you know, when they, I, you know, I remember having conversations with my mom where she thought, you know, I was just going to blame her forever and, you know, I was never going to be able to forgive her. And I never actually blamed her at all, right? So being able to have those conversations with the support people or the, you know, people who are also involved in your family uh, to hear their side, it doesn't mean that your experience is invalidated by whatever they say, but it is good to know what, you know, ideas that they've walked away with about either themselves or the experience. Thank you for tuning in and joining us today. Don't forget to visit www.rachelgrantcoaching.com to learn more about sexual abuse recovery coaching and to explore the other resources available on the site. And please be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I'm looking forward to sharing more with you next week. And until then, take good care of you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian-developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.